What? I thought we already the, started. They, no, no, no. Because here's the deal. I we gotta still do the claps because if for some reason the audio quality isn't perfect, which I don't think it's gonna be. I think there's gonna it's still gonna sound a little funky. Okay. My audio is gonna sound a little funky. But even if it's just a matter of like if the audio, your audio, my audio, like line up perfectly, which they should, then that's going to make editing a lot easier. Okay. But I still, let's just do a clap anyways. Ready? Okay. Yep. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay. You're Okay. I'm Not Okay. You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Hey, hey, we're back. It's been another week, and uh, we're it's back. It's weird to- how, quickly, how quickly a week comes. <laughs> it, it's weird how quickly it comes and goes now. It's almost like one week is one day for us, which is interesting. No, it's, well, yeah, today is one day because we recorded these back-to-back, but it's crazy how quickly a week comes and goes now. As I get older, the older you get, the quicker everything happens. You just see it most clearly in your children. And just, it feels like yesterday my kid was just a little helpless baby, and now she's making intelligent jokes and puns, and she looks like a big kid. And you just, you, Luke's going to high school now, so I know you can see it full front, but it's just crazy, man. Dude, I love it when kids become autonomous and they become like little human beings and can do stuff. My daughter like gets dressed, yep. picks out all her clothes. Yep. I love that. It's been really fun to be like, all right, go brush your teeth and get dressed. And I can just continue drinking coffee with the uh, the glaze in the uh, in the kitchen. I can just sort of have the, the thousand yard stare and the coffee glaze. Yeah. While your daughter, whose hopes and dreams are still fully intact goes about her day right because the world is 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 stretched out before her like a giant clam full of pearls <laughs> meanwhile yours is completely shattered yeah. into a billion pieces <laughs> irreparably yeah you're just sitting there drinking coffee just going how can i make it through another fucking day of this desolation <laughs> you don't even think of what might have been anymore it's all over it's all gone it's all over dude <laughs> All the dreams are gone. And then you look at your little daughter, and she's just like, this morning I was making a, my son, his favorite artist is Travis Scott. And so I've been learning how to paint by by making paintings, basically. And uh, I was like, hey, do you want me to make a painting for your room? Uh, you know, who would be your, like, your favorite guy? You know, like, do you, want, do you want me to make a painting of a sports guy or a music guy? And I was like, I know you like Travis Scott. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'd love a picture of Travis Scott. So there was a, re- <laughs> there was a reason I started this story. Yeah, well, okay. So maybe he thinks he'll be like that one day, and you're like, oh, boy. Well, is, that the, or is it a dream of his that will be dashed soon? I wish, that, I wish that was the reason. But for the life of me, I don't know why I started. Well, my, my kid watches this show called Cleo. I think it's called Cleo and Cookine. And they're little six-minute episodes, which drives me nuts because they end too soon. And they always end with, with the little girl going, every episode's about a job. Oh, I want to be a house painter. I want to be a plumber. I want to be a dancer. So after every one of these, my kid's like, I want to be whatever that kid just was. 
and when the like, reality is, I want access to clean water. <laughs> I, I want, want, yeah, I want to marry a, a man who doesn't treat me like shit and and crush all my dreams and hate me, and I want to have a fulfilling career and make money and be happy and feel safe and. <laughs> I don't want nine million of my neighbors displaced because the water just rose uh, sixty feet, and now everyone has to move inland. Yeah, Isabel wants to get out of here pretty bad. She wants us to move out of the states pretty bad. So it's to where another planet? Well, yeah, another planet called Canada. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's going to happen, but. Scandinavia and Canada are looking pretty good to us right now. I know that's going to butt hurt some of our listeners that think America's great again, but <clears throat> that's just how we see it. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Have you been to a hospital in Canada? I've never been sick in another country, but I have friends and I've read about what the healthcare situation's like in, in other developed countries, and it here you live in, our, here's where I have been sick in America, and here's what that's looked like for me. Ha, ha, first of all, I have insurance, but I got so dehydrated once I had to go to the emergency room, and they're literally putting bags of fluid into me via IV, and I can hardly move or talk, and I'm dehydrated, and I've been shitting and vomiting for 24 hours, and this is me on the gurney. How much does this cost? They're putting another bag of fluid in me, and I'm saying, how much is this? Because I, I knew that my insurance was bullshit, and I was going to have to pay for all this, and I did. That's what it's like being sick in America. Everyone's fucking terrified of being sick. Everyone's paying a lot for their insurance and not even sure it's going to work well. Because insurance companies have an entire department, I'm convinced, uh, dedicated to fucking you out of the insurance you pay for. And I do know that in a place like Canada, that's just simply not a societal concern. If you get sick, you go to the doctor, you get better, so you can go be a functioning part of society. That is not the case here at all. Right. Well, I mean, I grew up in Germany, so that, that's exactly the case there for dent, dental and medical. And now universities are all free in Germany. Everything's free there. Um, now, you're paying a lot of taxes mm -hmm. uh, in Germany, but you're paying a lot of taxes here, too. Yeah, no shit. Um, the, the thing you're getting here is this thing you can't really see, which is like you're getting a really strong uh, military. Which you, uh, you got a military in Germany, but you know, you're getting some things that you can't see for your money here. And then in other countries, social democratic countries, you're getting a lot that you can actually see and, 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 uh, that benefit your life. But I will say this you go to a hospital in Canada. The only reason I've been to a hospital in Canada is because there was a Starbucks in a hospital in mm -hmm. Canada and yeah. I went to it. And, uh, it's just basically like any public uh, clinic that you'd find in the States, you know, like super kind of run down and kind of sketchy and homeless people hanging out. That's their regular hospital. Right. Now, in Germany, I don't remember it being that way. In Germany, I remember it being like a bank, you know, like less homeless. But I don't remember any homeless people in Germany when I lived there as a mm. kid. Because they kind of just take care of everybody there. Like, if you have a drinking problem, like, if you're an alcoholic in Germany, instead of, like, oh, well, you're on your own, they go, well, you can't work because you're an alcoholic, and you, you keep showing up drunk at, at work. So they they label you an alcoholic, set you up in an apartment, and give you enough money so that you can buy your, your booze and kill yourself with your alcohol. 
but you're not on the street. You're in some shitty apartment somewhere. And it's like, why not do that here too? Why not take care of everybody? Well, because I thought about this a lot in in uh, Japan, and uh, you know they're. They're very tight-knit there. They don't really like outsiders. They're kind of skeptical of outsiders, and they all take care of each other. Even the Yakuza, which is basically the Japanese mafia, when tragedies happen in Japan, it's the Yakuza that often leads the charge in social service and helping in a tragedy. And it's because they have so much national pride, and we have whatever, proud to be an American, American spirit. But the fact is, America is really just a melting pot of a lot of different people, and a lot of people are racist. So there's not this sense of help out all Americans. There's definitely a sense of help out white Americans, but everyone's skeptical of, of brown people and obviously of long history with how we've treated black people. So there isn't this, there isn't a desire, a strong national thread to take care of everybody because we're all Americans. Everyone sort of feels like we've been uh, infested, as the president loves to say, with people who aren't really American. So there's no incentive, really. There's no national pride. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. In Germany, everyone's like, look, whether this guy's a degenerate alcoholic or not, he's a German. So we're taking care of Germans because it's in our best interest, even if they're degenerates. People don't feel that way here. I do, and a lot of progressive-minded folks do. But a lot of people don't, you know, and we've we've made we've we've taken medicine and healthcare and made business out of it, and so, you know, it, it's all just a corporation now, and people and people are getting rich off of it. So it's all it's all just a fucking huge mess. Well, the bottom line, the thing that makes America great is also the thing that that kind of sucks about it, and is that it's a capital like it's. 100% capitalism here in America, which which is great because um, if you want to make the money, you got to kind of be the best or you got to be the best at doing business and be able to drive people out who might be better than you, but maybe don't do it, maybe don't run a business as well as you are. But capitalism works in a lot of ways. But the reason and, and the reason it fails on a lot of levels is because some things you can't make money in, that, but they're really important. Like education is really important. Um, healthcare is really important, but there's no money there. The only money in healthcare is in insurance, and you don't need insurance. Guess what they don't have in Germany? Mm, Jews. Yeah, because they killed them all back in... You're right. How did you know the answer to that question? I was I actually, read it in a book. Oh, okay. That's so crazy <laughs> that you knew... Like I was like, he's never going to get the answer to this question. I well, I just happened to read a, a big book about it last night. Was it called Mein Kampf? <laughs> Yes, it was. It sure was. That book's that book's hard to read in German if you don't speak German. The other problem, I mean, we have to we have to pivot away from this, I think. But the only, the other problem too about <laughs> oh, it's just everyone who if you're better at business, you'll succeed. That's assuming that everyone's getting the same opportunities in terms of education and healthcare, and there's a there's a you know an incredible imbalance in access, and you know. The elite support the elite. People are born with, you know, a leg up in these areas. It's not fair. It's not equal. It's a bunch of fucking bullshit that mows down poor people in the middle class. So I, I'm just mortified, you know, by what my daughter's going to face. And I'm scared of it. Which brings me to things that, that take my mind off of it, which I love, which also tell the truth, which is this new Chappelle special, which he's being really criticized for, but. I, saw, I watched it on the bus, and then I was like, babe, I told my wife we have to watch this. And we both loved it. What did you guys think about it? 
I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, the part about him saying he doesn't believe that those people were telling the truth in the Leaving Neverland story, that's the only thing that he said that bothered me. And the only reason it bothered me is for the same reason that watching Passion of the Christ bothered me. Because people think he's being serious. Is that people believe him. Right. It's not true. He's just doing comedy. It's just a bit. I think so, too. I think... I think if he says, I don't believe these guys are telling the truth, it allows him to tell these really awful, but really funny jokes. But but that, you know, like, oh, you go back to school and, and uh, guess whose dick I sucked? Oh, the king of pop. Like, that's a, the way he tells that, it's really funny. But he had to... The, the context of, of him telling that joke is that he doesn't believe that that's true, even though... I think he does believe it's true. He just has to set it up that way for that joke to be funny. Otherwise, it's awful. And the problem that people have with the special is they're not taking any of it in context. They're just taking what he's saying and going, oh, this is awful. And that's because we're living in a time where people are just looking for ways to be upset. And they're not they're not using common sense. And really what's going to happen is is those people are going to it's 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 a thing that happens all the time it's two steps forward one step back or one step forward two steps back it's seven steps forward 17 steps forward again <laughs> i think that's the actual saying well whatever it is he's funny he was and he said some and and the and the special was really funny i agree my favorite my favorite joke of the whole special is uh is the one where he's like, where he's doing an impression. I think he starts off the show with it. He's like, where he's like, if you do anything wrong, I'm going to hate you. If I find out you did anything wrong, I'm going to hate you. If you did anything wrong in your past, I'm going to hate you. Who am I doing an impression of? You, the audience. He said, you were the most ungrateful motherfuckers I've ever entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I liked that too, because he goes, he goes, "Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get canceled. We'll have to see. He's like, we'll just have to see what they dig up about me later, you know? Uh, th- listen, dude, there's a book that you would love that Brady Sinellis just put out. You're familiar with Brady Sinellis, right? He wrote American Psycho and Less Than Zero. I've read those books, both of those books. Those are the only two books I've read of his, and I can't say I'm happy I read them. Oh, okay. They're some of my favorite. Well, uh, Less Than Zero is kind of weird. That was his first novel. He wrote it when he was like 20. I think American Psycho is, is a masterpiece, but... He's been he's had a podcast that's mostly about film culture. You would have loved this podcast. It's not really available anymore, but he lives in Hollywood and he's he's really into films. Really cool dude, shares a lot of our aesthetics about movies. But the last few years he's been diving into this thing we're talking about, the sort of outrage culture, trigger micro triggers and, you know, cancel culture. And uh, he wrote a book, his first nonfiction book and it's called White, and it's kind of his take on this whole deal. And I read almost all of it in one night uh, because it's just resonating so much with me. But it goes in tandem with with Dave Chappelle's special, Bill Burr's special, you know, Joe Rogan's talking about a lot of this. I mean, it's it's a big concern, uh, I think, for a, a lot of smart people who are kind of looking around going, holy shit, this is getting out of control. Dude, speaking of cancel culture, how about this? So one of my biggest fans uh, is this girl that worked with my manager and worked with me for years. Um, 
And when we started this podcast, we sent her, like she was putting up all of my stuff online for me. And so I sent her the podcast. She listened to our first podcast that we made. And she sends me an email saying, hey, I can't post this for you guys because it's racist and sexist and I'm not going to have any part of it. And you and me were like, what? And then I listened to it and then you listened to it. I played it for my wife. You played it for your wife. And everybody agreed. What is she talking about? And it's because you said the or we said the word boobs. Canceled. And then I think we did a Chinese accent at some point. And because we did a Chinese accent and we said the word boobs, we're racists and we're sexists. It's so insane. Yeah, well, when that happened, it really upset me. And uh, not only did I talk to my wife for a long time about it, but several women in my life who are incredibly intelligent and cool and smart and who care, who really do care about feminism, uh, also listened to it. And I asked them, and I, and I knew they would be honest with me. And everyone wrote back that they thought it was funny and fine. And they, under, they understand the difference between someone who really is an enemy of women or is a racist. They understand the difference between that and what you and I do. So... Well, here's what we're doing. We're trying to be entertaining first and foremost. And if I if I think of something in my head that's funny and it involves doing an accent, if it involves saying something controversial, I'm going to say it because I want to make myself laugh, I want you to laugh, and I want other people to laugh. Now, sometimes what I'm the reason that it's funny is cuz it's so outrageous. Now, if I'm saying something that's slightly racist or slightly sexist and I'm being serious and earnest that's a whole different thing than me saying something that I think is funny because it's ludicrous or stupid you know that it's the the thing that you and me were talking about when we were when we were saying the word boobs is how stupid men are like how men because of the way our wiring works in our brain we look at women and we go ooh like a caveman and we're commenting on how stupid we are when we're using the word boobs. We're not like saying that we're better than women and that that that's not that's not the point of what we're saying. Well, of course, but it's almost even absurd to defend it. I mean, that that's where you get into trouble too, I think for us. That's that's the great trap of the cultural moment is you you're so fucked either way because you can't defend yourself because then you First of all, you're stating the obvious. I'm not sexist. Jesus fucking Christ. Number two, you sound defensive. So right. what cancel culture, what what you know, professional victims do now is they just trap everybody. And you know, they want to. This person wanted to lump us in with fucking Harvey Weinstein, who actually raped women. Whereas we just made a joke about this chick sent me a poem and wanted me to write a song based on her poem. And the joke was, send, send boob pics. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Because uh, the joke is, that's the exchange. And it's obviously a fucking joke. Well, this, um, is my, this is my favorite thing that anybody has said about it. Chris D'Elia has a pinned tweet at the top of his Twitter. He's got a million Twitter followers. He's got two million Instagram followers. And his pinned tweet at the top of his pages, I'm not sorry for any of the jokes I've ever made in my life. I don't give a fuck what you think about it. Figure your own shit out if your feelings are hurt. Mm -hmm. Smiley face. Right. Well, what used to happen when we were all human beings, not long ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, 
if something would offend you and you would think, oh, that offends me, and then you would just change the fucking channel. You would just go on about your life. But now right. everyone's got this little megaphone and everyone wants to let everyone else know that they're more virtuous than you. So right. it's just become a weird fake game of that. And and this Brady Sinellis book, I can't re- recommend it highly enough to you, Bob. I think you'd really love it. And for our listeners who I think resonate with what we're talking about, I think a lot of people resonate with what we're talking about. And it's it's the sort of loud minority who, they make it seem like this is what's really happening in mainstream culture, but I think most people agree with you and I and are kind of tired of it all. Well, having said that, I'm not sure if most young people agree with what you're saying or what we're saying. Um, I only know that because I have a kid that's in high school mm-hmm. and... Um, if he were listening to this, he'd be like, no, that's sexist. No, that's right. Like, there's no there's no talking sense into... Uh, it's not even talking sense. It's not... There's no explaining what your intention is. Like, if I say my intention is just to make you laugh or to say something outrageous, they're like, well, you can't do that. I'm like, no, I can. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Um, and I can say whatever I want to do. I just have to deal with the consequences. And he's like, well, the consequences are you're done in my book. And I'm like, okay, but that's, I'm telling you, dude, that's the way it is. And there's no, like, there's no coming back to it. Like you saw that as Z's and sorry special, right? That came on Netflix. Mm, I don't think so. I'm not a huge fan of his. Well, I, I love him. I think he's incredibly funny and, and amazingly funny. And I saw him do the special that's on Netflix now, the last one that he put out, live. Okay. And the first thing he does in that special is he addresses the elephant in the room, which was that, you know, the person who said, hey, I went on a date with this guy, gave him a blowjob, I felt bad about it afterwards, and then he got a lot of heat about it, and then he kind of stayed out of the, he kind of got off the radar for about a year to let things cool down. he had to go away, cancel culture cancel culture so he came back and did the special and he addresses it right at the beginning he does it in such a beautiful thoughtful funny funny as fuck way he's a great comedian he really is he's a he's a wonderful comedian so so he is explaining not explaining but just talking like giving his point of view now that same person who canceled us that i was talking about earlier in the episode she I look on her Twitter because I follow her on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know why I'm still. No, yeah. I follow her on Instagram. I don't know why. I guess I. Masochism. I like her. No, it's not that. I like her, and 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 I I want her to come to her senses. But she posted on 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 Instagram, get off my Netflix, and had a screenshot of that special of the Aziz. I'm sorry. I'm like just. And I just wanted to like message her back and say, why don't you just watch the first five minutes of that and see what he has to say before you make up your mind. And listen, it's not your Netflix. You, your outrage does not entitle you to the fucking world. Your responsibility is to change the channel. And in fact, it's not even a channel you change. It's Netflix. You clicked on it. You fucking, it's, they're not forcing anything on you. You, you have a million options of things to watch. Why does Netflix have to take it off for you? Right? Uh, I agree. Come on. Let's all, everyone needs to grow up. There, you know, everyone needs to fucking grow up. Now, you asked about the Bill Burr special before we started. 
and you and I have argued kind of about Bill Burr forever. You love him. I'm not a, a big fan. I couldn't really watch his special, but not because I didn't like what he was saying. He just has this, his delivery is that he yells and swears a lot. But I will say, I was at the comedy store in L.A., uh, maybe about a year ago, and he showed up and did a surprise. It was like an amateur night, like an open mic type night. But he showed up and did about 15 minutes, and it was some of the funniest live stand-up I've ever seen. And he was just riffing on new material, probably for that special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they do. They they go every night. Work out work, material. They work on new material. Because you, you can only do so much at home. And he doesn't write anything down. So he only works his material live in front of an audience. Or, and, and he does it... He does it on his podcast, too, which is a really smart thing to do. Um, I've been kind of doing it lately. I I know I told you that I was going to start doing a podcast called Oh Yeah. And And it's sort of like my song club podcast, but it's really just me kind of being stupid. Like as stupid as I can possibly be for a half an hour. And after I did a couple of them, I was like, I don't think I'm going to... I don't think I'm going to put these out there just because... I don't know. They're just kind of too weird and too kind of gross and fucked up. (laughs) But the whole idea while I was doing them is that somebody's going to be listening to them. And so there's this idea that an audience is listening and it sparks a part of your brain that wants to entertain that invisible audience and makes you come up with funny things that you might not come up with if you're just sitting alone in a room not thinking about an audience. Well, you have to – well, the reason that comedians work out material in front of a crowd is because they're gauging what jokes work and what don't. And sure. the only way you can gauge that is by fucking laughs. So, Or if people go, ooh, or if there is a little ripple of laughter, or if there's the big – you know, you've felt it on stage before when you say the one thing, it's the timing's good, the landing is good, and the whole room erupts. That's what they're looking for, and that's what they're working on. Right. Well, the other thing that happens when you're in front of an audience, for me, is I'm scared to death in front of an audience. Like, I'm scared of failing. And that fear heightens my brain in a way where I say a lot of funny stuff on stage that I could never say in real life just because I'm not that frightened in real life. I mean, I'm, I have anxiety, but not to the degree where I can say something, you know, as funny as some of the things that I say on stage. And I think people like, when they come see me, they're like, damn, that guy's, I can't, you know, that guy's a piece of work. Because they think I'm like I am on stage all the time, and I'm not. Yeah, how would you? What are, What are the differences? What would What would? How would you delineate how you are on stage versus how you are in your studio at your house? Well, I'm on stage. I'm I'm there to entertain people. So my job is to make sure that you're feeling something. So you're either laughing or you're crying or you're dancing. That's my job. My job. I'm the thing that's keeping. Like, I'm the ship that's keeping you from drowning in boring. And that's my job the whole time I'm on stage. And I'm I'm like, I have to succeed or I'm going to die. Now, I'm not, <laughs> the rest of the time, I'm like, hmm, I, I don't have that at all. That's only on stage. But that's what makes me, you know, the best. What makes me so good? Well, of course, we all agree. Uh, I did want to read one email because we're we're coming up on the end of time here, but this is short. So last week I had mentioned that I didn't think any ladies. I didn't think we had as many lady listeners as perhaps we thought. Well, I received some uh, personal messages from some lady friends that wanted to assure me that we listen to the show, that they listen to the show, and we also got an email from Nicole Williams, 
who is a good friend of my other podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast. She's a fan of that show. She wrote, hey, Bob and Clint, just wanted to drop a note and say I've been enjoying the podcast. Number one, I can attest that you definitely have female listeners. Two, I recently read that the sound of a zipper can cause Siri to wake up, in case that's of interest to you. <laughs> Number three, Clint. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Zip. Yeah, now now everyone's refrigerators listening to them because people can't people have to have a smart refrigerator now. Now she says in response to me eating Oliver's food drunkenly on the bus, she says, Clint, how many times have you gotten drunk and eaten someone else's food? Seems to be a pattern. Because we threw a metal at your podcast party uh, in January, and there was kind of a famous, a big fan there that like go, has been to a million shows. He's very well known in the Metallica community, and I drunkenly ate his burrito, and it was we call it Burrito Gate. It was a big moment. So, yeah, I guess I have a pattern of drunkenly eating people's food. Here's what I was doing though when I ate Oliver's food. If you remember this, Bob, is I had lost a bunch of weight and I was basically starving all the time. Mm-hmm. So when you you know how that goes, and you. You get a little uninhibited, and then you just eat everything in front of you. So that's the the email from Nicole to assure us that ladies listen, and uh, you can email us at bobandclint at gmail.com, and we're out of time. All right. Well, thanks for sending that in, Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. And you can check out my podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast, all things Metallica, every Monday, Bob's podcast, The Song Club, in which you hear the behind-the-scenes workings of how he wrote some of these songs, and you even get a bunch in your inbox if you become a patron. And uh, go leave us the positive review. They go a long way. We're at 99. Do you want to be the lucky listener who gets to put us over the 100 mark? Uh, you can do that right now because we're only at 99. We've and got a we've got 99,000 reviews. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Things really took off after the last episode. All right, so go do your homework. Go leave us the review. Send us an email. We'll talk about whatever you want. And we'll see you on the flip-flop. Peace. 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 <laughs>